0: Welcome to Courtside Indiana Podcast. This is episode 11. It's actually a split from Tuesday's published podcast. Uh, today, again, I'll, I'll be with Zach Tyler. We'll be talking about Zion Williamson situation, as well as the G League, uh, the players bypassing college to go to the G League, and talking a little bit about um, perhaps players getting pay- college players getting paid more and how that might take place and what it might look like zion williamson zach that uh that's been what's uh, going on the last couple days here what any uh have you had a chance to research that i mean i i know we've talked about it beforehand and i've, I've done a lot of reading what are your initial thoughts on that?
1: Uh, yeah, initial thoughts. I'm, I'm a huge Duke fan, first of all. So, I mean, I, you got to figure stuff like this is going to come knocking sooner or later to your college team. Uh, but this is very sticky. It seems like a lot of he said, he said stuff going on and a lot of I want you to admit to this i want you to admit to this and blah 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 uh nike and adidas involved sounds like too so uh coach k looks like he might be deposed to talk about this on the stand or something right yeah well
0: there there's there's two the first two things that are Important as far as legally, and this isn't just me talking. I've I've had a chance to talk to an attorney, uh, someone that I'm close to, and basically, the the first thing that's important. There, there's two things that are important. First of all, this is a civil suit. Okay, so this is not this is not a criminal procedure. This is not something where like in criminal procedures, the types of interrogatories that are, are being passed that are being handed out and then returned don't tend to happen in, in criminal trials. And and a lot of this is in a civil suit you're it's it's really an issue of money. But there still is this this liability to, to be truthful that all sides are going to have to adhere to or face punishment. Now, punishment in this case will be fines, not jail time. People can be held in contempt of court. So if Zion and his, his representatives don't answer truthfully, then they could be held liable for contempt and they could be fined. Nobody's going to jail unless they just continually, <laughs> continually lie and, and lying on an interrogatory from what I've been told is not definitely not the same as, as lying under oath, lying to a judge, lying to a jury. Um, and but the flip side of that is, and even, a, even in a civil trial, the court system has something that the NCAA doesn't have, and that is the power to the subpoena. And at some point, Williamson, at some point his parents, at some point Coach Krzyzewski, whomever. The other people involved, whether it be representatives from Nike, representatives from Adidas, at some point these people will be, could be subpoenaed and compelled to testify under oath, and then at that point they have to be to be completely honest. Uh, it, it is a lot harder to plead the fifth in a civil trial than it is a criminal trial, and the only reason why you would plead the fifth in a civil trial is if you're protecting some third party interest, which in this case is, or would be NCAA rules. And so that's where we get into the interesting part where through through a, a, a legal process, just like what's going on with the NCAA with all this, um, all the stuff with the, uh, the the FBI investigation, the NCAA now is going to have an opportunity to get information through a legal proceeding that is, is verified um, through the, the courts of law. And, you know, the, you look at what happened with North Carolina and the academic scandal and, and there's a lot of messiness in how that went down and, and, basically it's it's telling you if you can figure out a way to, to skew the skew the line a little bit, you might be able to get away with academic fraud, or at least the perception of academic fraud. You know, Duke is looking at a situation where um, in their mind, if they are looking at getting around rules, whether or not they believe in those rules or not, which a lot of people don't, um, which we're going to slip into here, you know, whether or not players should be paid more uh, or or paid at all directly. Um, the bottom line is is they have NCAA rules to follow, and and we can all joke about how vigilant any of these schools are at following rules, and. And most of us, I don't know how you feel about this, but but most of us feel that in some way, shape, or form, we we know that there's a ton of rules that are being violated that never come to light. Oh yeah, and it just becomes yeah. an issue. Yeah, and it and it just becomes an issue of no different than any legal situation. There's things that we think we know. There's things that we know we know, and then there's things that we can prove. And and that's where we are in a lot of instances where the NCAA knows what they know, but there's a certain level of proof that they can hardly attain because they don't have subpoena power, but now they have subpoena power or at least they have a party that has subpoena power that will produce the information for them going forward or could produce the information for them going forward for which they could act. And that's what's going on now with this NCAA, this FBI investigation that had nothing to do in the beginning about NCAA rules, but certainly bled into it. And, you know, that's where Kansas is wrapped up in that Arizona eventually will be wrapped up into that. Um, you know, and a lot of these other schools will get wrapped up into that. And, and ironically enough, the Zion Williamson stuff came to light during some of the testimony with Kansas where, you know Adidas was going to offer Zion an incentive if he went to, quote, an Adidas school, i e. Kansas, whereas Nike was allegedly ponying up money if he would go to Nike school, i. e Duke, and that's kind of where we are now, where this this uh, Miss Ford and her agency who was going to be in charge of Zion's marketing. Um, and and not his professional contracts, but just his marketing contracts. Um, Zion ends up bolting from his the contract that he agreed to to go with CAA, which was his also his contractual legal representation. And then this, and I I, I should have this up here. To, what's the name of this? Um, uh, the name of her firm was, um,
1: I just had it too. And I can't, was it prime sports, prime sports? Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, you know, and, um, you know, Gina Ford is the, um trying to find this. Uh, let's see. Trying to find them, Prime. Yeah, Prime Sports Marketing with Ford. They were just in charge of. They were just going to be in charge of like his endorsements. And they never got to the point where they were going to be in charge of his contract because of when they when they agreed to sign. Now Zion's contention is, for those who aren't following along, is that he was still quote, considered an amateur athlete when he signed with prime sports. And according to North Carolina law, the state of North Carolina law, you are not allowed to sign a contract that would put in jeopardy your amateur status. Other States have this rule. Florida was the first state to, to pass this rule like five or six years ago. Um, but so Zion's, Side's contention is that you made me agree to a contract before I was, before my amateur status was exhausted. And Prime Sports' contention is twofold. One, he had already declared for the draft before they signed him. And two, he had already accepted illegal benefits, thereby rendering his amateur status null and void the point where anything he did after that was was definitely binding as as i don't know if adults the right word but as a professional or at least as a prospective professional so it'll be interesting to see where this goes yeah for sure um but it leads to just this overall notion and i and i'll say this and then we'll get i want to get your thoughts on this but it leads us to this notion of should should players be paid more? We all, I think we all agree players should be paid more. They should be compensated more. But how that process works and to what extent becomes the issue. But what are your takes on specifically Zion? Do you have anything else besides that? Besides what I just blundered on about?
1: <laughs> no, I mean... To me, can the NCAA really let Coach K get hit by this? That's that's a question I have. I mean, the coach self has got away with with so, the stuff so far that we've kind of discussed a little bit. The Kansas uh, Patino stuff's still kind of dragging on for him at, at Louisville. Uh, I, I just I, Patino's I, different. Yeah, for sure.
0: That, that whole yeah, that whole
1: We won't get into that, that one. If you don't want to.
0: Well, I mean, it's just it's just completely different. I mean, it's
1: And Louisville shouldn't hiring be hiring stri- for that stuff.
0: I mean you're hiring strippers and hookers for recruiting trips. It's that's an issue of morals versus ethics. Right. And you know, I don't know. I look, as a, as an IU guy, this, this is a deal where you go back to coach Sampson when he was the head coach at Indiana and you got people that are like, man, he, all he did was violate phone call rules. And the, and the, and the real answer is no, he didn't. That's not all he violated. He violated his NCAA sanctions. You either believe in the rules that you, that adhere to you or you don't, you know, you either, or maybe not believe in, but you either respect them or you don't, you know, you can believe me. You can have a lot of disbelief in the crap that, rules your life on a daily basis but but most of us tend to to choose to accept it i mean i i'm one that argues a speed limit is a floor versus a ceiling but at the end of the day if i'm going to speed when i drive i have to be willing to live with the consequences and and i think in a lot of instances indiana fans look at what kelvin Sampson did when he was the head coach in indiana and think man all he did was violate a bunch of, you know, telephone calls and contact rules. And the answer is no, he didn't. He violated his NCAA sanctions, you know? And it's like, if you're a parent and you ground your kids and then your kids violate the terms of their punishment, they're not just violating your rules, they're violating your your punishment, All right? you know? And at that point, they're challenging your respect. They're not just challenging, hey, their kids, they screwed up. These are, these are, that's, at that point, you're doing things on purpose. Now, with this stuff, we're getting right at the very core of amateurism. We're getting right at the very core of the seriousness, the most serious, short of, short of fraud, short of point shaving, short of, you know, short of cheating. We're getting right at the directness of what NCAA amateurism is all about. And you know, and it—it's um, look. We could be on the precipice of of these rules completely changing soon. I mean, the NCAA is talking about the ability of athletes uh, benefiting from their from their likeness. I am against that to a point, um, but we're we're definitely at a point where. Player compensation are they are they strictly student athletes are they strictly athletes or, or are they employees uh, of you know of what is definitely on a school basis a million dollar business and and a billion dollar industry which is the NCAA and I look at it like this. And I'll, I'll we'll, we'll try and do this in segments. So, I'll I'll say something, then then you can tell me what your thoughts are, and, and even if you disagree, please do. Okay. In, in my mind, these student athletes should be compensated more than what they are. But but there's two things that I know for sure, and I and I definitely know for sure, because so, the last group of kids that I coached that. You know that are in college now. They just finished college. The least any of them made on a monthly basis, on a stipend above and beyond their scholarship, was twelve hundred per month. The least. The most was eighteen hundred. Um, that's a pretty damn good deal for a kid with just a high school diploma at, at their on their resume. And, and my belief is nothing compensates people who are simply who just have high school diplomas than college athletics. There's no job that they can have that compensates them better. Uh, and there's definitely no career they could have that compensates them better. That doesn't involve sacrifice. And there's a lot of incidents and we're not going to get too deep into this because this is something that I've Argued a lot, um, you know. There's a lot of guys that don't graduate from college that go on and become millionaires because they're this tech, they're in this tech field or they're in this medical field, whatever. Blah blah blah. But but those people give up a lot of their intellectual property to get the money that they get, especially in the early going. These are not people that just start their own businesses on their own. These are not just people that step into careers um on their own they they do so by giving up a lot of their a lot of their intellectual property and if you look at athletes as their skill sets as intellectual property that's what they're giving up to get their scholarship and then to get their stipend and to get their living expenses um any of that sound completely off the wall in your mind
1: no i'm with you on most of that um i agree i feel like they should get paid a little more maybe to a limit like you're saying uh
0: there's the key word is limit
1: yes. so then keep you going to, but but you have to define that one but
0: remember that word right
1: yeah that's the that's the issue you run into then if you're gonna pay them then okay where does the limit go and uh obviously certain schools are going to be able to afford more so then you run into that whole mess too uh um i lost track of what i was going to say now before that uh keep going because you're hitting on what i'm going to talk about keep going. <laughs> so then obviously your your blue bloods are going to have more money to give out to the kids that they really want uh but i think what i was going to say but blue, was oh, go ahead. but
0: blue bloods how no 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 i'm it's a, i'm i'm challenge you blue bloods how because you're tapping into my brain here blue when you say blue bloods how do you mean
1: i mean in do like, you mean just duke uh north duke north carolina kentucky those those are but
0: but how the, do you mean just this
1: go ahead Adam. all right keep going
0: no no, no no keep going go I'll, I'll
1: i mean they're gonna i'll have... get
0: to where i'm i'll get to where i'm going because this is deep in my mind go
1: okay. on they'll have They'll have more of the resources financially to extend more money to kids, obviously, if we're talking them getting paid through boosters and stuff like that. There you go.
0: Okay. There you go. There's the keyword.
1: Perfect. So, yeah, that's what I was
0: thinking. So this is where this goes. I am fully on board. Not that anybody cares. But I, I deal with these guys. I mean, I just went through it. We, the last group I had, we had eight kids go to Division One schools. Seven of them were – one of them was a walk-on, so seven were full rides. We had a div- kid go Division Two, Basically, it was a full ride, um, a different full ride, but still basically left college without debt. And the seven D1 guys that were full scholarship guys all got stipends, and they all got compensated way more than what any 18 to 22 year old would get with just a high school diploma. All right. So I know I'm repeating myself on that, but so let's get to the, what you, what you touched on this likeness issue. The only way around this that doesn't lead to a completely contrived market because people like to talk about this as some sort of free marketplace. Like these guys should be able to go out and get what they want and get what they can earn, whatever. Great. But that's not how it play out. That's That's not how economics works. It would be a completely contrived market because this is, this isn't look economics is supply and demand. Okay. And we might be able to argue that, a complete free market system would be feasible for situations like this. But do we really want to have a a college athletic system that relies solely or not solely, but heavily on that meaning this let's pretend that anything that could happen to Zion Williamson here with this situation ultimately becomes legal because that's kind of where we're going with this, is that we're a couple, we're a few decisions away. Maybe not even that many. We're a couple decisions away from Zion Williams being able to be induced by Nike to go to Duke, or being able to be adu- induced by Adidas to go to Kansas, Louisville, or Indiana. You know, wherever the the favorable Adidas school at the time is. Yep. Uh, hint, hint, Romeo. But, <laughs> um, but the the issue becomes is that how we really want these guys making decisions it definitely will be a situation where it is the haves and the have-nots and it is definitely a situation where do we really want that and and the haves and the have-nots might end up being the difference between look Kentucky coming in you know as an IU guy it's easy to pick on Kentucky But it could be the difference between coming in and someone saying, look, you come to Kentucky, we guarantee you we'll sell 10,000 of your jerseys. And then so this kid commits to Kentucky and all of a sudden some booster decides to buy 10,000 jerseys or order 10,000 jerseys through the Kentucky bookstore, you know, through the Kentucky whatever, however the licensing agreement works out. And that is not free marketplace. That's called bribery. Bribery and that's exactly what we're going through with this FBI situation. It's payola. It is, it's quid pro quo. It is no matter how you slice it, it is, it is a favor. It is a financial favor cast above and beyond the normal contractual agreement or the normal contractual details that would, that would constitute as an agreement. And, and even if they got to the point where that was legal, I'm not sure any of us that are college basketball fans want this to happen. We we might say, hey, it's great, these kids should get what they want, should get what they can. You know, you you go boy, you go guy, whatever, however you want to phrase that. Um. But it's not free market. It it is completely a contrived market, and it is completely bribery. And and even if we put together terms where it is it is legal, it is normal, it is expected, it's still bribery. And it's a, it's a nuanced discussion where a lot of times people don't understand, especially in certain industries, where it goes beyond business dealings versus inducements. For example, in real estate which is something that I was involved with for a long time. Um, You know, we're not allowed to get kickbacks in certain situations. You know, there's sometimes we can get referrals, but there's a fine line between a referral and a kickback. And there is literally a fine line between those two things. And if it it crosses over into a kickback, we can lose our license, you know? And um, sure, it takes somebody who's disgruntled, and it takes somebody who who gets burned, but but at the end of the day, if it if it goes wrong, you you can go from a referral to a kickback, and all of a sudden you're no longer a real estate agent. Well, that's where we are with this, you know. And if there is a way, and, and there is a way, and there's a formula, and I'm I I've kind of thought this throughout, but uh, but there's no way to equate it verbally. It would, it would have to be written or or put in some sort of infogram, but if there is a way for there to be um, a uniform payment, you know, almost like a, a cap situation where the, the NCAA through each conference uh, controls its endorsement deals and all of these schools and all of these conferences are, are compensated the same way. And each one of these players are compensated the same way that you don't extend the gap between the haves and the have nots. Then I'm all for it. Um, not that anybody cares, but other than that, you're going to get in a situation where kids are going to pick schools because they get paid more. You know? And, I, and, and they're going to stick it out because they get paid more. And I just don't know that, Look, it's one thing if you stick it out of the school because you think their network is better. I mean, I had a kid leave Wabash, a kid I coached that left Wabash to walk on in Indiana because at the end of it, he decided he wanted to be a coach. And he felt that if he if he went through Indiana as a player and they they came through and then became a grad assistant, you know, on staff at Indiana – that's probably better than on his, on his coaching resume than it would be if he was at the, the very, very pre- prestigious academic division three school, you know, where he was extremely solid as a freshman, you know, and for him, it was a professional decision, you know, but, but it was a basketball decision. It wasn't just a, an academic decision, but, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I bet there's some people who don't care that, hey, I might go to Indiana and I might stay at Indiana versus transferring to a IUPUI because I get more money if I go to Indiana, you know, and and that more money may be an extra couple of grand a year. I don't, you know, I don't know what the the level is where you make those types of decisions, um, but my guess is the kid who leaves. The prestigious Division Three school, the prestigious academic Division Three school, to go to Indiana to be a walk-on because he wants to be a coach, is probably making the better decision, you know, career-wise, than the guy who decides to stay at a bigger school because he gets a a couple of extra grand more, you know, per year, because of how this likeness stuff works out. Um, But to me, it seems like the NCAA has already made up their mind. That they're not just going to allow free reign on this. They're trying to figure out a method for which this works equitably across all schools, or or at least all conferences, and and see where it goes from there. But you know that's you know that's something to be decided later. But I don't know. you've heard all that. You've heard me ramble. I don't know what your thoughts are on any of that. So
1: yeah, I mean, to me. Uh, majority of the high level, higher level kids are already getting paid under the table before they even commit to places. Um, then they're getting that, plus they're getting their free education, like we talked about, and uh, whatever other perks they're getting at whatever school they're at. I mean, if NCAA opens this up and you get paid for your likeness stuff, it's gonna be like wild, wild west. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it kind of already is. It could be. It could just. Un, it's under the table right now and not legal, but things could get sticky. I feel like if it's not done the right way.
0: Well, I like, so Dan Dockage has this assertion, you know, what business is really going to have an 18 or 19 year old represent them on a commercial because these kids could walk out the next day and get busted for, you know, for drinking or yep. God forbid, drinking and driving. And, and none of us, Hmm. None of us would blame a, a college kid for getting arrested for public intoxication. You know, there, there's not. You know, Yogi Farrell gets, you know, and um, I forget who he was, who he was busted with at, at little five at Indiana gets picked up for public intoxication. To this day, I can't tell you if those charges, if, if he had to ever even get penalized for those charges, but it was reported. And and I and everybody that's ever been to Little Five, has thought, oh yeah, that happens. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. You know, and um, you know, so it, it's just kind of one of those situations where you you want you want there to be an equitable system, but at the same time it it has to be enough that it deters kids from cheating. And I'm not entirely sure where we go from there. And, and because what I'm worried about is that you will get a situation where schools, colleges will decide if this is how it's going to be, then we're just going to eliminate scholarships altogether. And you're going to have what we have at the NBA level, you're going to have what we have at the Major League Baseball level, and to some extent the 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 NFL level. Whereas you have all these guys that make a decent amount of money. I mean, okay, an obscene amount of money. Yes. I mean, even the even the the minimum guys get way more than what you and I make. Oh, but yeah. but you're going to have these guys that make a very high end, and you're going to have these guys that you're going to have more guys that make a low end. And you're going to have very, very few in the middle. And these colleges are going to be to get to a point where, look, um, we know there's people dying to play here. We no longer have to worry about giving scholarships. If, If we're going to allow them to, quote, get a, quote, free market, you know, opportunity to play at Indiana University, to play at Purdue University, to play at Notre Dame, to play at Kentucky. I mean, why would Kentucky give free money away? Why would Indiana give free money away to anybody if they know that what's a, the name across the chest is more valuable than the name on the back of the jersey? And what I'm worried about is that they'll eliminate scholarships and it'll hurt those, those non-studs. You know, because right now you look at the NBA, there's probably 12 guys that have shoe deal that have their own shoe. I mean, most of those guys have shoe deals, right? but but very, very few of them get to the point where they could change their life or, or set their life with shoe deal money. And I'm afraid that's where college scholarships, I think that's where college situation will go if they open up is you'll have two or three guys on each team. I just think they could they, there's a possibility they could eliminate scholarships altogether. And there'll be two or three guys that make money because of their marketability. And and then there's the other 9 or 10 guys who just kind of come there happy to be there. And it ends up being like a division 2 situation where they get a combination of scholarship money, they get a combination of academic money and they get a scholarship of financial aid. I'm not, I'm sorry. Or they get a combination of their, you know, their financial aid, whether it be Pell grants or, or however they handle that. And I don't know, I'm just worried. That's where it goes. And we start losing, we start losing a little bit of college athletics, especially division one basketball, division one football. Um, those sports primarily on the men's side because those are full scholarship sports. Right. And I, you know, I don't know if I'm just being alarmist, but, but I would definitely be in favor of a system where let's say the NCAA decided they were going to sell the rights to like college basketball, two K 22 you know, or two K 21, you know, whatever that next level of, of uh, college basketball video game would be, or, or, you know, NFL or college football, you know, Two K twenty, or you know whatever it would be, and that say seventy five percent or eighty percent of that money is given across the board to every college athlete that plays that sport. Now that's something I could definitely endorse. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and again, not that not that anybody cares, but I'm afraid you start going in where you you think you're creating this market, this free market situation really what you're doing is you're going to start incentivizing colleges to not give scholarships because they're going to have these guys who can make their own money. And then they're going to have these guys that they can attract simply because we're in the big 10 or simply because we're in the sec. It's no different at the professional level where you get like the Lakers, for example, where they have two or three guys, LeBron and Anthony Davis specifically, who make over 50% of the cap, and then you get a couple of these veterans that have managed to Larry Bird right their way in to contracts that work, and then everybody else makes a league minimum, and if you look at some of these rosters at the NBA level, not that anybody complains about NBA players making the league minimum, but but I'm afraid that's where college is going to go. You're going to get a situation where you're going to lose the scholarship athlete because we just absolutely positively have to upset the system for one or two guys on each team to be able to make some sort of free market value uh, on their, um, their marketability. I, I, don't, I don't know. I, to me, it just seems like it's overkill. And it's kind of throwing the, the baby out with the bathwater. But but maybe I'm just too old school. I don't know.
1: Not at all. It's a lot to take in. It it can be. Um,
0: but I, I've just, I've coached a lot of guys that, you know, they go to college and they, and they get a heck of a lot more out of it than what most people realize financially. And it's not like they're not hurting and it's definitely not money that is enough to you know make a living or support a family, but but I'm a big advocate that these guys walk out of there if they do things the right way, debt free, and um, with a network that you and I could could only dream of having.
1: Oh yeah, without a doubt. You know,
0: being being you know, I you get a guy that coaches or the kid I coached that played at Evansville walks out of there with a sixty thousand dollar a year job
1: um it's a good start
0: that's a pretty good that's a good start for yeah. a 19 year old or for, i'm sorry for a 22 23 year old so and that leads us to kind of our last topic which is so now we're developing these systems where we're seeing more and more guys bypass bypass college altogether which i'm fine with because what up until 2005 kids didn't have to go to college or, or weren't compelled to go to college. And, and right now, they're still compelled to go to college. But, but more and more, we're seeing, um, we're seeing guys play overseas, whether it be Australia, whether it be Europe. And now the G League has started this professional career, this professional tract in their organization. And we're seeing more guys go on there. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I'm not getting too worked up about that yet. I think – you like it, or do you not? I guess I'm not. I'm not worried about too many kids going that route. Is what I what I'm yeah. saying first. I mean, I mean, the media is kind of hopping that up about kids are going to go, kids are going to go, and I just don't see. I don't see that being the case. Uh,
0: he, I mean, last year when this. Whenever it was the NBA came out with this, there was this cynicism, not that they weren't well-intentioned, but there was a cynicism that if I was a top-level kid, why would I bypass college just to go get paid two hundred and fifty grand, right? to go play in the G League? And I don't know if those are the, the current numbers, but that's what it was last year at this point. And there was this weird notion that it wasn't enough. And now here we are a year later, and I'm not sure if it's because we're not entirely sure we may have a college season next year with with the COVID with you know the COVID nineteen stuff or whether it's sincere Hey, I wanna go and play in this G League thing, and the G League has now created two teams where it's just developmental, or where they're not attached to NBA teams, because w- what incentive does an NBA team have to develop a kid that at the G League level, whose rights they don't control? And so what the, the G League has done now is created, I believe they've created two teams, not that they're gonna fill them with a bunch of high school studs, but, but they've created two teams where they're independent and their focus is on playing these guys and developing these guys and basically preparing them for the draft. And you've got – we're going to name a bunch of names here that probably neither one of us have seen. I know I've not seen them. Jalen Green was the first one. Isaiah Ty was the second one. And then uh, Dyshawn Nix was the third one, at least out of the States. But then the, the Nix one was interesting because he had already signed his letter of intent with UCLA where Green and Todd both were uncommitted. In one of them's case, um, in in one of them's case, academically, maybe an issue. Uh, But definitely not both of them. I can't remember which one it was that had the academic issue. But now you've got these guys, and that could have easily been, Greg Oden, that could have easily been Mike Conley. That was the first class of kids that had to go to college. Um, That could have been Eric Gordon. You know, a kid like Jeff Teague probably still goes to Wake Forest. Going back to the 2007 year with him and Gordon. Um, Etuan Moore probably still goes to Purdue. Um, You know, and Robbie Hummel still goes to Purdue. You know Johnson from Franklin Central Still goes to Purdue Eric Gordon probably goes to this G League thing Right?
1: Yeah probably
0: um, Greg Godin Goes to this G League thing You know And maybe um, But It is um, Who was the guy that Oh, Baisley was um, drafted by Oklahoma City, went to, went to Australia. No, he didn't go to Australia. He basically sat out a year. Oh, yeah. yeah. And worked. got a million-dollar loan, decided he wasn't going to play in college, and then ended up getting drafted by Oklahoma City. And I, I would say all told had a pretty successful rookie year. Um, now, he was drafted late in the first round, so he didn't make a lot of money and he's not like he's he had the kind of year where people think for sure he is going to stick around. But he's definitely going to stick around through his rookie contract. And he, he had some starts. He definitely played in a lot of games this year. His minutes ebbed and flowed. Um, but people seem to be pretty pleased with the process and his development. And And I'm completely... I mean, college basketball isn't going anywhere anytime soon, right?
1: Let's hope not. I mean,
0: I I don't think so. Do you think so? I I definitely don't.
1: No. no. This
0: is no different. I mean, this is no different than, you know, 2005 when Ella. I'm spitballing because that's the group of kids I had that we were really good and. And we could never beat Memphis, uh, Y O M C A. And namely they had Sean Williams, who was drafted by the Pacers directly out of high school. They had Thad Young or Philadelphia. They had Thad Young, who was direct who was drafted by Philadelphia directly out of high school. Um, they had Willie Kemp, who went to Georgia Tech as a point guard, and they had Pierre Niles, who went to Memphis. And we're at a Pacers 76ers game with Thad Young and Sean Williams in the court and friends of mine are making fun of me. Like, how do you lose games when you've got kids that, you know, Dominic James goes to Marquette or Mombasa goes to Indiana, Chase McFarlane goes to Wake Forest. And I, I pointed down to Sean Williams and, and that young, I said, you see those two guys down there? And I'm like, yeah. And I said, my guys had to go to college, you know, and, and, um, Players like Thad Young and Sean Williams and and LeBron James and you know those those dudes Kevin Garnett earlier in the you know in the '90s those guys leaving not going to college at all did not hurt the college game no at all did not hurt it at all it further underscores the point that the name across the chest is more valuable at that stage than the name on the back of the jersey. And, you know, it, it's a um, – and that's kind of where we're getting to now is where we're going to get to a point. The, the NBA is going to probably eventually, soon, pass a rule that says kids don't have to go to college anymore. They can just come right out of high school. Um, or this G League thing this year will be so successful that it'll, they won't have to make any change. And they'll just use this as a like a introductory year and, and as a scouting session for guys to watch them, you know, watch them play leading into the draft process. But, you know, it, it's um, interesting going early on. They're getting guys from other other parts of the world. Do, do we know that guy? Dude, who was the guy that did it today? Uh, who was the,
1: did I send you that text? Of the Philippines guy or something. And he, but he's where is he playing though? Oh man,
0: the seven foot two guy, right? Yeah. Here we go, Philippines. Let's see what that says.
1: Uh, yeah, like I said, I just don't see. I, I, the, the higher level guys, I don't maybe a handful. How many of the top ten guys did they say have gone this year? Is that the three of them.
0: I mean, is, are they all top ten? I don't think they're all top ten. Maybe two. I mean, uh, which further under yeah further underscores your point. Right,
1: right, yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like, okay, so you still have what your eighty of your top ten, eighty percent of your guys are still going to college.
0: Well, and and it'll get to a point where there will be more from, you know, one year to the next. Yeah. And, um, you know, it'll, it'll just be interesting to see how successful, first of all, the, how these teams are handled at the G league level and then where these guys are drafted and then what they do their freshman year. I'm sorry. their rookie year. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. And, and it's it's a three step process because they're if they're you get situations where I mean part of the reason for having these teams is that none of these NBA teams want to develop these guys because you know without having any sort of rights to them it's like why are we putting resources behind somebody that we're really we don't know that we're going to get to 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 maintain to, to you know to keep sure yeah. Um it, it becomes a very um self serving relationship, which hey, I completely understand. You have limited resources when it comes to coaching, you have limited resources when it comes to court time, and you have limited resources when it comes to playing time. And you you get to a point where if if these teams, these, indep- these independent teams can be successful, not necessarily in terms of win-loss record, but in terms of the culture of those teams. Do these guys that are on the team, the players, take it seriously? Are they coachable? Is it worth their time? Do they have to figure out a way to hone it? Um, then they get to a point where, where are these guys drafted versus where do we think they would be drafted? You know, people thought uh, – Baisley was was one of the top five or six guys in that uh, night, that 2000, uh, uh, 2019 class. And he basically was drafted 24th or in the mid-20s whenever Oklahoma City took him. And, you know, there was some thought that if he had gone to college, he would have been a top – he would have been a lottery guy. So in theory, he cost himself some draft position, uh, but then he came out and had a decent rookie year. Not an all, you know, not an all rookie team year, but but definitely a year that showed that hey, he's got some potential. So that'll be the next step for these guys: is is these G League dudes? Were they will they get drafted to a point that makes it worth it financially? Because where you get drafted impacts your contract. Your, first, your your rookie contract and your rookie contract impacts percentages of what your second contract is. Yeah. Um, if you, if you get a chance to extend, especially. Um, and, and then it depends on, then the next step will be is what, what types of career tracks these guys have, especially their first two years in the league, where a lot of times y- your future is, is cemented in those first two years. Yeah um you know unfortunately it's that's just that's just the nature of it once you once your clock starts ticking you're developing on an nba team's dime and they have to start making decisions you know are we really going to keep this guy around is he worth us paying him you know a rookie contract where you're making you know one and a half to two million a year all of a sudden becomes a you know, a veteran contract at at seven, eight, sometimes more per year. If you're not a star, even if you're not a star, you know, are you worth at that point? And um, I would say at best it's 40% gets that contract if they're, if they're not a solid rotation guy. So I don't
1: know. And then who's, who's going to watch these games? Are they going to have these televised? I mean, we talk about how, popular NCAA basketball is March Madness and everything are, uh, what are they going to do about that with, with the G League do we know any of that stuff
0: I mean I they'll be televised no differently than any of the G League games are I'm pretty sure all the G League games are, are available to, to be viewed Um, I know from a personal experience I watched um, I watched um, Barcelona play so I could watch, um, what was it? Real Madrid's play. I'm sorry. So I could watch Luka Doncic's play in his final year over there. And I probably caught a dozen of his games on ESPN three, you know, which is sort of the streaming tier of ESPN. And he was talented enough for me that I wanted to watch him play. And I don't know. I I might someone that's geeked up about the NBA, somebody that has a relatively overly deep fantasy basketball league. I might catch a game or 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 you know a few games simply because I'm watching guys that might be entering the draft. Um, but I'm not planning my evening around it. I'm right. not thinking like I am where I'm. What time does IU play? What time does Butler play? Yeah, what time exactly. does Purdue play? Sure, you know I'm not doing that. Um, I'm not driving to Fort Wayne to watch the the G League independent team play the Mad Ants. No, uh, that's not that's not happening anytime soon. If I'm in Fort Wayne for something and I got a free night, sure. You know, but that's what tw- twice a year. You know, so I'm not even sure that's twice a year during basketball season, during a regular basketball season. So I know I, you know, I don't think it's it, the LeBron James's the Zion Williamses are once every 15 years. Yeah. You know that's a, that's about what it is. I mean, LeBron James was what 2003, Zion Williamson was 2019. So that's about 16 years, 17 years. Uh, whenever LeBron graduated from high school, I don't remember. Um, but those are the types of guys that swing swing viewers. That And there's just not a lot of high school guys that have that type of reputation come in. And I'm not even entirely sure Zion Williamson had that yeah, coming out of high school. Yeah. He definitely had it coming out of their stuff they played in the Bahamas. Yeah. Was it Bahamas? There in late August?
1: Uh, um. Yeah, Maui.
0: Because if anybody, no, they're they're no, they're summer stuff. Oh,
1: okay, I got you. Oh, yeah, Bahamas.
0: They're, yeah, it was the summer stuff because it was the. I mean, look. If anybody, we we get into this discussion some other time, but if anybody benefited from going to college, it was Zion Williamson, because when he went to college, he was definitely viewed as a top five guy. But he was not the consensus number one pick. No. And then he exploded, and Dickie V. Dick Vitale's head exploded, <laughs> and all of a sudden, this guy was was the real deal. Yep, deservedly so, no question. But heading into college, heading into Duke, he, it was he's a six foot six inch power forward who can what dunk. He's a man among he's a man among boys. Yeah. Could he be a man among men? And it, he proved that he could be a man among men. And that's not always the case there's been a lot of guys like that come through and um, you know, it just is a, um, you know, there's very few guys like that, that a end up transforming people's viewing habits of who they're watching. I mean, sure. People are going to watch Duke because they're Duke fans. You're, You're among them probably. Yeah. But I'm going to watch Duke because I want to watch Zion. I'm not going to watch Duke because I want to watch RJ Barrett. Yeah. You know, and uh, getting to watch him a little bit in August didn't hurt. You know, the the three or four teams that are playing games that are televised in August, you know, usually it's some sort of streaming service. Um, But that's where Zion Williamson really took that next step. And he benefited from going to college. No question about it. And I think that's what we're going to find out. We're going to find out real quick on the Jalen Greens and the Isaiah Todds and the, and the Deshaun Nixons if, if the incredible marketing machine that is the NCAA, if that is an even more, well, I'm, I'm going to argue that it is, an even more intangible benefit to athletes. That's something like the G League could ever provide for them. Um, or at least anytime soon. It it's it's going to take a lot before the G League can create the the kind of buzz that Deshaun Nick's going
1: to UCLA. He's going to get way more attention at UCLA than he is playing in the G League. Right, which was my point when I was talking about the people watching and stuff for the G League.
0: No no doubt. <clears throat> G-Leagues are for guys like me and you who are watch basketball any time of the day. Yep. You know, UCLA is for people who are casual college fans that think UCLA, you know, they're blue blood. We're going to watch them play. They're from Pac- Pac-12 fans who are, who are up. Or they're from guys like, you know, maybe the guys like me and you that are up at midnight. Yep. You know, still desperate for a game. Yeah, for, even if it's NBA just to fall asleep yeah. to. Right, you know, we're watching West Coast basketball, uh, NBA, or, or or the Pac-12, no. or Gonzaga, one or the other. Um, or back in the day, we'd watch Cal State Fullerton and Cedric <laughs> Um That's how far back I go. So, um, so the, the the development of that G League situation will be interesting, but but Zion and and how all this plays out with Duke and how all this plays out with how the NCAA handles being able to sell somebody's likeness. Um, I don't know. The, the timing on on all this is going to be extremely interesting. Oh, for sure. And um, so
1: what's your thought on, uh, but I think what's your thought on, uh, I saw this a couple of years ago, how the NHL drafts their players, how you can go to then go to college from there. And still, the team still has your the rights to you. Would, would that be effective for basketball? I mean,
0: yeah, I mean, that's basically how Larry Bird became a Celtic. You know, and the draft then at the NBA level wasn't the same as what it is now. It wasn't even the same as what it was two years later. because um, back then you could draft guys. Like, you know, these post-grad kids that transfer Yeah. back then. You could like Larry Bird was a, a grad. He was basically his, his he wasn't necessarily a, a college grad, but his quote regular eligibility was up in, in 1978 and the Celtics drafted him knowing they weren't going to get him until the next year. Um, that would sort of be the same thing as what you're talking about, but it would be a little bit more etched in stone, more prescribed. I am not I'm not opposed to it from the standpoint of whenever there's an NBA labor situation or or any type of professional labor situation I am usually pro owner because I am usually I'm pro owner pro franchise because I'm very much in favor of the people who actually put up the risk the financial risk you know yeah and so I am in favor of the NBA in this case deciding how they handle collectively. I mean they have to collectively bargain this with their their players association. But I am completely in favor of the NBA deciding just like any other industry. Here's the criteria under which you can enter our or you know our league in this case. To be a doctor, you have to have a medical degree. You have to pass your boards. You have to do residency. You have to do this. You have to do that. You can't just wake up one day and decide, I want to be a doctor. You can't just wake up one day and decide, I want to enter the doctor draft. I have to have these credentials, no different than being an attorney. You can't just wake up one day and be an attorney. You have to go through this process. And the people who decide those processes are are the industries themselves. They create the standards and sometimes they get legislated in, you know, from a government perspective, but other times they get, they get regulated by their own organizational rule, by their own organizational rules. And and in case of especially doctors and lawyers, they're governed state by state. So no different than the the NBA deciding, look, we think you need a year beyond high school. We think you need this. We think you need that. Um, If they decide to change course to eliminate that and they decide that they want to have a support system for these kids, then I'm all for it. Because, first of all, it's their damn league and it's their damn money. The one thing that I worry the most about is that the NBA will decide – you can enter right away. And that means that these kids no longer have to get their grades. Yep. Because you're going to have kids making decisions that I'm going to be a pro. I don't need college. Why do I need to get my grades? I'm just going to do enough to be eligible in high school. I don't care about graduating. I don't care about being eligible as a freshman. You're going to get a lot of kids who, who who leave high school with horrific, academic credentials and the inability to even get a college degree because they've not prepared academically and that's what i worry
1: about yeah that's even more scary
0: i worry at least now they have they have the bully pulpit of i got to be eligible for my freshman year yep Because I want to go to Big Ten school, I want to go to an ACC school, and I want to be on ESPN, and I want to be big time, and I want Dickie V to yell my name, you know, and I want to be prime time, diaper dandy, whatever. To do that, you got to be eligible. And to be eligible, that means you've got to get grades in high school. And I'm afraid if if we allow guys to just simply go straight from high school without regard to academics – You're going to see a lot of kids who just don't give us a crap about what they do academically in high school. And it's nice that this G League stuff provides scholarship for these kids that they decide to go back to school. But if these guys have no academic background whatsoever because they don't need it, then this whole idea of them going to college is moot. And, And deep down, that's what I'm afraid of. And we will never read about the ones who fail. Nope. We will only read about the ones who succeed. Yes. And um, those who like to compare it to Europe and say, European has this club system, blah, blah, blah. The only ones we ever read about are the ones that succeed. We don't read about the ones who fail. And I mean, fail as in don't make it in Europe. Don't make it here. They burn out, whatever. I'm not talking about the guys that have professional careers in Europe. I'm talking about guys that, come over here, try, you know, try their lot and then just don't ever make it. and Don't ever end up anywhere because, you know, they just put all their eggs in one basket and um, we'll never read about the guys that fail. And, um, and that, that worries me because I, as much as you put it, as much as I get a chance to put in the kids, the whole goal is for them to use basketball to do bigger and better things. And, and that's that's what I want out of it. So, I don't know. Hopefully there is a uh, chance um, for, you know, hopefully the NBA makes this G League thing work. It would be nice if it's a viable option, one that doesn't um, completely skew the process of high school guys uh, going through the getting their academics and, and doing things the right way yeah definitely so uh well anything uh we need to talk about else we, we're good here on this i
1: think we're good on that yeah
0: how's uh the last week of getting treating you
1: <laughs> not too bad here we got we got uh, school finishing up here in the next couple of weeks that'll be nice uh, what what do you teach again? What what grades? I, I do sixth grade reading and social studies. Okay, so see that would have been
0: inter- the reading part would have sucked, but the social studies part would have been great for me.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely been an interesting and a challenge for for a lot of the kids. That's for sure. <laughs> well, I've spent my last week,
0: my last really month and a half writing a a ton of code. And then the last week, dealing with car repairs and, and uh, stuff like that. So hopefully that all ends tomorrow. Literally both. Um, but, um, yeah, we're starting to open up here. Today was the first day for at least in Indiana for restaurants to be open, for dining. It's, and really, it's it, around here, it's 50-50. Any, any place up there that you could have gone to? Did you go out tonight for dinner or did you stay in? Nope,
1: stayed in tonight. Uh, but yeah, yeah I me didn't too. really drive around and check anything out either. I should have. I know
0: lunch I'm doing, I'm going out for lunch Wednesday. Um, and then I think Thursday night, not that anybody's keeping track, but Thursday night will be my first dining out experience for an evening. And around here, Thursday is a new Friday. So it'll be interesting to see. <laughs> be interesting to see what happens Thursday night. Because uh, it's, Usually a pretty interesting crowd here in uh, here in, in downtown Carmel, <laughs> Carmel by the interstate.
1: So yeah, um, watched a Little Jordan last night also.
0: Well, yeah, we learn anything other than the fact that he's emotional about competing. I,
1: I learned. I think I learned more about Pippin last night than Jordan. Yeah, I, th- I threw. He threw that chair. Nobody really talked about that. Well,
0: I thought the most interesting thing was that Kerr went at Jordan first. I, not to nothing to do with Pippen, but I thought it was good to see I'm I'm a big believer in I love what Jordan said. I don't ask you to do anything that I won that I wouldn't do otherwise. Yep. I firmly believe that. Um but I have no problem if my leader is gonna be that kind of a leader, where he's gonna be the hardest worker on the court, or at least among them, I got no problem with him being a dick. None. And I, I've coached a lot of them. And uh, it, it is a uh, – it, it's fun watching your leaders be the hardest working guys. I mean, that's just who they are at that point. It's it's really fun watching your best players be your hardest workers. Yeah. And I, I love that about Jordan. Um, It's not to say that that some of today's professional athletes aren't that same way, but he was clearly the best at it because, you know, he's got, he's got all that, all that hardware. So attached to his fingers, but I thought the Steve Kerr stuff was just as interesting because that's, that's not somebody just going up against somebody a little bit bigger, a little bit stronger, uh, but also going up against your leader and saying, look, man, you've crossed the line and I'm defending myself and then he and oddly enough Kerr got the respect of Jordan from that point on and right and I I think it's helped mold Kerr into the type of coach that he is but um which he'd about have to be if you're going to coach Draymond Green right that's true (laughs) so no but the last uh what next week we may see a little pacer action
1: yeah I like that Reggie finished up the episode what was the episode eight there last night, right? Yeah. I love Reggie.
0: I love me some Smiths yeah. for obvious reasons. So we could do a whole podcast on uh <laughs> we could do a whole podcast on what Derek's mom Derek's mom thinks of Rick's Rick's rebounding. Uh oh. And only to have me, only to have me step in and defend him, saying, "Look, he had the
1: Davises." That's right.
0: And that's the extent of which we're going to discuss that topic. So, but uh, it's uh, some pretty surreal conversations. Uh, being a being a hardcore Pacer fan, thinking, "Gee, when a Christmas fan does she not remember who Dale and Antonio Davis were?" But uh, but goddamn, those Pacer teams were really really good. Oh, they were. And they just could never get over the Jordan. They could never get over the Jordan Hump. So. Zach I appreciate your time as
1: always yes thank you love being on here
0: that does it for episode 11 of Courtside Indiana podcast as always you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcast Spotify and SoundCloud Till next week I appreciate you guys listening